welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 38. I am Jeff, joined as always by Chris. That's me. We have two heist films uh, this time. Uh, really nothing to do with horror here. <laughs> but we, we, we venture out sometimes. Uh, this is kind of in the action category, I'd say, especially uh, one of them, Den of Thieves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're doing Thief and Den of Thieves, and the, the reasoning is uh, I jokingly said we would do these one day, and here we are. Uh, basically, Jeff finally got me to watch Den of Thieves. So. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I wanted to get Chris to watch these movies. So, and, and I think the, these are fun movies. To, uh, these will be fun to talk about. But um, first, it's been a busy month for movies. I've seen a ton, and uh, I'm only going to stick to a few like really new things. Uh, but I guess we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, what have you been watching this last month? Yeah, so same. Like I saw, saw a bunch, but I'll stick to, to kind of the newer stuff. Um, three of which were in theaters. But I'll, I'll stick with the, the horror one first. I saw this movie called Project, Project Wolf Hunting, um, a Korean, Korean horror film no. that, that uh, uh, is on Screenbox, which... That's a service. <laughs> Are they the guys that did Terrifier or had yes. Terrifier? So it is. It is a, a bloody disgusting yes. streaming service, but they don't. I don't know. I I feel really weird about bloody disgusting anymore because like yeah. they they make movies, they do the streaming service, but they don't tell you that like the, and they do like these promotional things where oh this movie's so great and it's like yeah. Okay, they will yeah. cover the films without mentioning, you know, the, and the reviewer first. might have nothing to do with it, but you just, it's a little. Yeah. It just feels a little icky that yeah. they're not telling me that you, you also have an interest in these films doing good. Anyway, Screenbox uh, had uh, one of the, one of the films we, we watched recently. Uh, one of those weird artistic, I, I can't remember the. Oh, the Outwaters maybe. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. So I guess I sub for for that, and uh, like all sub services, you forget to unsub. <laughs> so, I watched this Project Wolf Hunting, which was getting some buzz. It is uh, it's like an action horror film. It takes place on a boat where like a these these cops from Korea have gone down to Malaysia or the Philippines, I think, and they've taken all these criminals that that they've been tracking. They're extraditing them back to Korea, and there's something else on board the ship and you learn a little bit about that as, as the, the film goes on, but uh, basically it's a monster and it starts offing both sides, the, the cops and the, uh, the criminals. And it, it's fun. Like I think boat settings are fun, like big boats too. Cause mm-hmm. like you can move around on them. The action's pretty good. It is really gory, like really, really gory. Um, and I think Korean horror has, done a pretty good job over the, over the last little bit of creating these like excessively violent gory films um and this fits in there it's not great um but i do think that the gore like if you are like i want to watch some like heads explode and shit like this is <laughs> this is one for that what was the, that zombie one from last year that was just like going as hardcore as it could oh, shit. you know what i'm talking about yeah like, i do i can't remember the name of it now uh, but yeah, so it, on that level, kind of, of it, it's of, like that. Like yeah. it's just like I don't know if we needed to go this excessive, but I'm glad that that you've gone there. Um, 
both of those films try to shoehorn in stories like, <laughs> amongst their gourd. It's like, man, just stick to what you're good at. And that's like creating carnage on screen uh, because nobody really needs these weird stories. Th- this story in Project Wolf Hunting like ties back to World War II and like experiments that the Japanese were, were performing on um, Korean and uh, Filipino soldiers that they captured. So like very much like what the Nazis did, but instead of, you know, we're, you know, turning it back on Germany, it's, it's the, uh, the Pacific front and what the, mm. the horrors that the Japanese army did there, but it's takes place in modern day. And it's just like an experiment gone bad <laughs> on this ship. Uh, it's fun. Uh, but uh, again, a little long. I don't know if these like gore films need to be two hours long. Like they, they do get a little bit, they stretch out a little too much, but um, if you have Screenbox, and my big problem with Screenbox is they do not have like an Xbox or a PlayStation app. It's like you got to watch it on your computer or your phone. Like that's not the ideal way to watch it. But if you have a Screenbox sub, this this seems like a good one to go for. Well, I don't, but I'll keep an eye out for it because their stuff does sometimes like terrifiers. Like I think on Tubi now, so you know. Yeah, so it, it, it may drop over there at some yeah. point. Um, some other stuff. Uh, I guess we'll start. They're, they're all big, I guess. But uh, Fast X, which you saw. Yeah. Um, I think we have differing opinions on this. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> um, it, it is the 10th Fast and Furious film, which I don't... When was the last Fast and Furious film you saw, Jeff? Part 5. Okay. And so. this did tie to that. It does. They they, they know correctly. they know where their bread is buttered. I guess they know people. That is remember that, that is one. the best one. It is yeah. it is the best Fast and Furious movie, um, outside of maybe well, not even outside of the original, but like they're different types of movies. But that movie is the best in the franchise. This ties directly to that, uh, where Jason Momoa plays like some guy that he, the the main bad guy in Fast Five who they were stealing from. They did the heist. He is that guy's son. They like have reshot scenes like, like yeah. from fast five for this, where they just like superimpose him into things. And it's really goofy. <laughs> uh, Jason Momoa's having a blast in this film though. He is. Yeah. I think he's playing like, to me, he seems like he's playing the Joker. Like, Oh yeah. Like uh, he has any Batman movie <laughs> where there is no Batman. Um, it is, it is goofy. It is really dumb. Uh, but I enjoyed the action. I enjoy like the dumb dialogue. Uh, I, I enjoyed John Cena acting like a complete clown. And then all of a sudden he has like a bat plane and a, a Batmobile with missiles on it. Makes no sense. None of the film makes any sense. And shit, shit just blows up all over the place. And it's like, yep, that's fun. Uh, but if you've not been following along, yeah, spot, this, it makes zero sense. I was just like, you know, yeah, I'm watching this as someone who's like not really a fan of these movies and hasn't seen most of them. And uh, I thought it was a pretty bad movie. <laughs> it, I could see that. It's, uh, you know, none of the story stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not involved and I don't care. And I just, so I can look at it as an outsider and go, this is fucking stupid. Like, Oh, I, I think it is absolutely stupid. It yeah. is absolutely dumb. 
which would be okay, but if, in, in my opinion, I don't think the action in these movies, or at least in this movie, is as good as its contemporaries. Like, I think when you have stuff like Mission Impossible and John Wick out there, you have to do better than this. But uh, again, I'm not involved in the soap opera of it, <laughs> so I'm just like, all yeah. I'm, like, look there for is the action, and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, it's really, really cartoony and. and um, very like absolutely goofy. Like none of it is realistic at all. <laughs> the part and, where he, like, drives his, he drives his car into like a fucking uh, crane or something, and like it's just, I don't know. It's... He rips a he, Vin Diesel rips a door off of a car and uses it like Captain America's shield. <laughs> it's so uh, stupid. He pulls helicopters out of the sky, and you know I don't know. It's, it's very goofy. I, I did you know. Momoa was good in it, and you know, I went to go see this because my wife wanted to see it because of Momoa, and you know, she came out of it kind of the same as me, thinking it was stupid. But she's like, "It's a must see. It's a must see because of Momoa." And I'm like, "So, you know, he he does have something here." So yeah, and, and what's funny um, is like Vin Diesel has notoriously kind of feuded with just about everybody on these films. Any of like the big guys they bring in, Momoa, The Rock, uh, Statham, like he's had some feud with and now evidently he's angry at Momoa because he's taking the spotlight but like he is the best thing about this movie yeah what the like, it's like man just be happy your your dumb films about cars are still relevant like I didn't realize before this that like Diesel was the one kind of running this series now and uh yeah, well, he always he kind of always has been like it was you know it was his the, the original film was a vehicle for him. Like, yeah. like uh, I can't remember uh, the, the, the other guy, but like Diesel was the big star in that. And then they did a second one without him that bombed. And then they brought him back for the, like a cameo in the third. And then it's since then it has just been him. Like he is the leader of this. He is the guy getting these produced. Um, he even said that this was supposed to be part the part one of like a two part finale, and now he's like, or maybe well, three. We might make it three now. Yeah, <laughs> things are Fucking just never gonna head. end. <laughs> he has nothing else going for him. Like, true. It's like this and Groot, right? Isn't he the one that does Groot? Yeah, he does Groot. Yeah, which is um, must be a real hard paycheck to collect there. Right. To say I am Groot over and over. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. I mean. If you are into the fast movies, it is it is better than nine, maybe better than eight. Uh, it's not good, but it's stupid. <laughs> I think it's stupid fun. Um, see, another one I saw was The Machine. Uh, Bert Kirshner, Kirshner. Um, he's a stand-up comedian, and you've probably seen the the viral video of him like telling this story about how he was in high school or college and he went to Russia on a school trip and uh, he ended up like drinking with the Russian mob the entire time and they rob a train and uh, this is this is like a continuation of that like a fictional what happens 30 years later like oh, uh, yeah. Bert Kirshner plays himself like it, uh, but they're like the Russian mob comes for him they want a watch that he stole on that train, so they kidnap him, and uh, Mark Hamill plays his dad, um, and and they they both end up uh, being kidnapped to Russia and go on 
what is supposed to be like a kooky adventure, it's just really boring. Um, like there are fun bits in it, and I think Mark Hamill is really good as, as his dad. Uh, but this is it's, if you saw the trailer, like that is the best parts of the movie. So yeah, uh, it, it's I was like this could be fun, and it's not. It's it's <laughs> not fun. It's kind of a two hour slog. I was uh, only barely aware of of this guy. You know, I knew that he existed. I'd never heard the story. I thought the movie was an adaptation of the actual story, not like, what if he went back? Um, but strangely, you went to go see it. One of my coworkers went to go see it. I'm like, this guy must have fans. Like, I, I, I don't know him, and I don't know this story. But uh, so I, I just, you know, did not go see it. I mean, if you if you watch the trailer, you're like, this looks bad, and it, it's yeah, bad, like, but it was like, this could be fun. Like, if they lean into the absurdity of it. It could be fun, but they don't like they they add all these like retrospective moments of like flashbacks to the actual thing that happened or what he says happened. It's like, I don't care. Like, I, I really I just want to see dumb shit happen with like a 40 year old guy and his his 75 year old dad in Ru- as like the Russian mob is is has kidnapped you. And it's not. It's just kind of dull. <laughs> Uh, one final film. I uh, saw the Little Mermaid. Okay. Uh, the live action Little Mermaid, um, starring Holly Bailey. I keep wanting to call her Holly Berry. Uh, <laughs> she is about fifty years younger than Holly Berry. <laughs> Maybe not that 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 far of an age difference, but uh, it is. It's the Little Mermaid. But like, two and a half hours. Of the uh, it's two hours and 15 minutes it is longer they add in like four extra songs that are completely unnecessary or they um, got rid of one too maybe i don't know it's like by the end of it i was just like can, can we end like <laughs> uh holly bailey is real actually everybody in it is really good javier bardem as as king Triton, melissa mccarthy as ursula everybody's good in it like there's nothing bad it just drags and they've added in these extra songs that aren't necessary. Um, in fact, there's two songs. So if you if you know the story of the Little Mermaid, like when she, she wants to go and like meet with Eric uh, because she's in love with with him or whatever, and Ursula is like, "Yeah, I'll give you legs. You can go, but you have to like you have to kiss him. Has to be a real true love kiss, and also you can't talk." Like so, he, she takes away her voice. There are two songs that Ariel sings, like in her head. <laughs> so it's like the songs are just like doesn't make any sense. We don't need this. Uh, and, and then there's a song that Scuttle the bird sings, and I'm sure that they thought it was funny because it was like it's called the Scuttlebutt song. Uh, it's not. It's Oh, like, didn't like Lin Manuel Miranda do that song? And maybe like he added songs to this. And yeah. they're not necessary. The songs in The Little Mermaid were were perfect before. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm just kind of sick of his like style of of rapping or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like I mean, it's, The Little Mermaid had great songs. Yeah. I don't know if, and, if we needed I, his. I think that's the problem with disney's live action films is that like 
you're trying to add stuff to stuff that was already really, really good. Yeah. And you're not adding anything that enhances it. So it's just like bad facsimile of it. And your your live action animals, like because you know, Flounder's a fish and Sebastian's a crab and Scuttle is like this bird thing. They don't look real. <laughs> like they look real, but they don't look real, and that's like weird. Like it just doesn't yeah. work. Same with the Lion King. Um, I think that's the big problem with Disney and these. Like we're, we're adding like forty minutes to these films when they were already maybe the perfect runtime, yeah. and the perfect amount of songs, the perfect amount of drama, and we're adding all this bullshit to it that's not necessary. But yeah. Holly Bailey, great voice. She's really good in it. I would wait for Disney Plus, though. Yeah, I probably will watch on Disney Plus. I like The Little Mermaid, and I'll probably go, why am I not watching the original the Little, Little Mermaid? Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Which is available on Disney yeah. Plus, though. Yeah. And that's it. That That's uh, that's what I, I saw this month. All right. Uh, like I said, I saw a bunch, but we'll just stick to a few. Um, brand new in theaters, Chris. I saw The Boogeyman. This is. Mm, um, I wanted to go see that. Uh, it's the uh, director of Host, I think the movie was called, Rob Savage, and it's an adaptation of an old Stephen King story, but I don't know that I've ever read the story, uh, and I, so I don't know how much it adds or connects to it at all, really. But, what's, the, uh, uh, what's the story it's based on? I don't know. It might be the boogeyman. <laughs> like that's, that's just like I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I don't know that story. Oh, but. yeah, it, it is. That's the, the boogeyman by Stephen. I don't know it, yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm guessing they, you know, added quite a bit because it was just a short story. Even though there's not really much to this, it's like this family starts to get haunted by, you know, the boogeyman, and uh, which basically turns out to be like a monster. So it's it's kind of a monster movie, but like, boy, it takes a while to get there, and uh, I I found this movie really unpleasant, like just really slow boring dark and i don't mean like the themes are dark i mean like visually dark dimly lit like yeah it's this monster that is afraid of light supposedly and you fucking never turn on a light in your fucking house like of course it's gonna be bothering you the whole time turn on a light right what wasn't there a film a few years ago that was like, lights out yeah yeah like same same kind of concept that, that was like that was how you got rid yeah. of it you turned the lights on thing went away and that movie, while not being great, uh, this, this this feels a lot more just like dull and lifeless and uh, just a chore, like a total bore. Like you know, it's supposed to be about grief, and it just feels so stretched out. Even though it's only like an hour and thirty five minutes, it just feels like we're just padding for time constantly. And you know, there's some moments of tension, and I think the director does a good job of like drawing out how long the scenes could go on like that for the tension, but he does it every time. So you're just like, sometimes you're like waiting for five minutes for the scare and the scare never comes. And you're just like, Oh my God, dude, like, why is this like this? <laughs> like <laughs> the movie had some positive buzz. I feel like leading up to its release. And then I feel like I'm the only person on the planet to see it. Cause, um, like nobody I follow on Letterboxd has seen it. 
I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know, as I, as I was watching it, you know, I'm, I'm constantly like self-assessing what I'm going to say about a movie, and I'm just like, at first I was kind of going along with it, but but uh, you know, by the halfway point, I was really bored. And uh, you know, my wife, who you know usually dislikes anything like this, you know, we've both kind of agreed though. It was just like that was really boring. So I don't know. Uh, maybe you'll watch it and like it. I just, for me, it, it, I did not like it. I'm not saying it's like terrible. I just did not like it. Like, sounds like one to wait for it to hit Hulu or or something like that, which it most definitely will, probably soon. So, not even like. Sometimes you want to see a horror movie in the theater to like, get the crowd. Yeah, uh, but like there was no crowd. There was like three other people there, so. Yeah, that's, not, that's that, then it just makes it look. This is boring, and I'm in an empty theater. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm sure some people will like it way more than me, but I just didn't care for it. Movie I really, really enjoyed, Chris John Wick Chapter Four. Um, uh, this is another one where, like, Fast and Furious, I I don't like the world and the story and the, the characters so mm-hmm. much. But John Wick, like, makes that not matter because the action scenes are so fucking good. And you've seen this one, too, I, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, go ahead. Give, give your thoughts. The action scenes are so fucking good. Like, uh, and then, like, near the end, there's, like, a half-hour homage to the Warriors where this DJ gets on the radio and she's like, hey, big boppers, like, straight out of the Warriors. And she's just like... You know, sending like all these different kings, like whoever could get John Wick, you know, the price is going up. And again, a lot of it is very like goofish and cartoony, but I just think that visually the movie is just really cool, like fucking awesome to look at. And boy, these some of these action scenes that go on 25 minutes are just, I think, really phenomenal. And so I'm at the point with the series where it's like, I do not care what is going on. And it doesn't matter because these action scenes are cool. Uh, what were you gonna say? Uh my my only complaint with John Wick Chapter Four is that it's like, and I don't think you had the same complaint is that it's it's very long. No, I didn't. I I, I honestly did not feel the length because it's kind of like three or four giant uh, action sequences, and so I I didn't feel the length. I think it helped that I watched it at home too. Yeah, I'm not stuck in a theater getting antsy. And, yeah, I think I think that might have like I went when it came out and I was like, all right, like and you're already there, right? Cause you got to get there early. Yeah, it's waiting like, and it's like a half longer, hour trailer. Yeah. So it's like a four hour experience at that point. Yeah. It was just like, man, like, all right, like get to the point. Can we get to the top of the fucking hill? Like you've fallen yeah. down the hill three times. <laughs> But, like, there were parts where I was like, oh, man, I wish I did see this in the theater because, like, I would have clapped at some of the shit. Like, it's just, like, in the middle of one of the, I think, the first big action scene, someone gets shot by an arrow and it, like, pins them to a fucking wall by their knee and they fall and they're hanging upside down because they're, I mean, dude, it's just, uh, there. In, in that same scene, there's a part where this chick in the movie, she's, like, she's, carrying two knives and she like uses them to like scale some big dude's back like i don't know man like <laughs> it's so like i would have liked to see crowd reaction on some of it but yeah like it you know because i saw it at home i didn't really feel the length but um honestly dude might be my favorite movie of the year so far good, good. Um, uh and 
the one I wanted to mention, this is actually, I think I got small theatrical run, but it is, uh, you know, you can rent it now. It's called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, yeah, it's uh, one I wanted to see. Yep. Appropriate one for this episode, because um, although this is not a heist film, it plays exactly like one. Um, where it's these activists are trying to blow up, uh, you know, a pipeline that's being built, and uh, you know, picture that playing out, kind of like a good heist movie. Like you have a plan, you're trying to pull it off, you know, and um, and it's cool because like the movie wastes no no time. It, like right at the beginning of the movie, they are trying to pull off the plan, and so like for the entire hour and a half or whatever it is, that's what you're you're watching, and it, and then it'll do like flashbacks to show why they're there like one one girl her her like bomb died from like during a heat wave so she that like you know activated her politically hmm. uh, two of the guys like they're building the pipeline on their land and they don't they don't want the pipeline there so like you get to see everyone's motivations and how they came to be there but it's all done during flashbacks while the actual uh plan is being pulled off and it has an awesome like score like if you liked um like the music i'd say the music in either of the movies we were doing tonight like you'll like the music in how to blow up a pipeline because they like they purposely are like referencing that genre and so i I think they the music was a conscious choice here (laughs) but yeah I, i really liked that movie too and i feel like you know that one has not gotten enough uh you know coverage or whatever it's because it was such a small release, but uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I, um, you know, All two right. movies, two movies I really liked, and one I'd say, Boogeyman, wait for Netflix or something. Um, yeah, I, originally that was supposed to be like a a straight to to Hulu release. Um, um but, yeah, so I think I think it'll end up there fairly quickly. Cool, cool. Uh, check it out when when it gets there. I, I thought it was really good. All right, so probably had been prepared <laughs> but the first film we're going to talk about is is thief uh which i which i don't have the info pulled up on but uh <laughs> are you clear you've been putting down two three scores a month you want to put down contract scores all over the country? Working directly for me? I am self-employed. Geisty lice. Just diamonds or cash. Fine. I'll make you a millionaire in four months. I wear $150 slacks. I wear silk shirts. I wear $800 suits. I wear a gold watch. I wear a perfect D flawless three-carat ring. I'm a thief. Do you think that I have been waiting for you to come along? You gonna marry her and have some kids? Yes. Hey, I'm talking to you. Hey. Why what? What is going on in your life that is so terrific? I'm just, I'm just asking you to be with me. Go. We got a problem. I want my money. We need new partners. We're in for 10 points. I am the last guy you want to mess with. You get paid what I say. You do what I say. 
You don't know from one day to the next whether you're going to be killed, go home, or get busted. What's wrong with you? James Caan. Thief. It's uh, Michael Mann. It's Michael Mann. I think it's his first movie. Yes. He, he wrote and directed it, and it released March 27th, 1981. Uh, budget of five mil, box office of like, you know, 11 million. But uh, this movie has endured because it's a Michael Mann film. Like, he would go on to be pretty big director um yeah and uh he did do like a flop right after this i think we determined uh yeah yeah i want i want to see the keep i haven't seen it yet (laughs) me neither but i tend to i i do like most of his movies that i've seen i really liked collateral uh heat is really good this is uh the the insider I, i even like miami vice like yeah yeah, I like all of this. Um, but yeah, this is kind of him coming out of the gates pretty strong. I think like this is a pretty stylish and great looking film with a really cool uh, score by Tangerine Dream. A soundtrack is maybe the best thing about the movie. <laughs> so I saw this first saw this movie like a year or two ago, and. Um, but one of the first things I did is buy the vinyl of of the, the soundtrack. And the funny thing is, is like when Thief came out, uh, the soundtrack was kind of like ridiculed. Like people didn't like it. Uh, like I guess thought didn't fit the movie and was bad. It was nominated for a Razzie. That sucks because it's really good. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it, it's it's it's. I think you know. There's a few things that make this movie for me, and, you know, and one is Michael Mann's direction. Like, I just love the look of some, like, a lot of it, and yeah. and the music, and James Caan. Um, all, all three very solid in this. And his character, which uh, we're going to get into, but the, the basic idea here is uh, James Caan is like an independent diamond thief. Uh, he's very precise, and he knows his shit, but he works alone. And he explains this several times that, like, you know, he just he he likes to just do his work and get paid, and that's it. He doesn't want to well, he work doesn't, for somebody. Yeah, he doesn't tie himself to an organization. Like, he has a he has a crew, I guess. Like, yeah, he's got like <laughs> interesting cast here too. Uh, James Belushi as his like second. Yeah, very strange. Probably the best uh, role he's ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he has a friend who's in prison, played by Willie Nelson. It's like when you're watching the opening credits, you're like, well, "What the fuck? This is yeah. a strange, strange cast." Um, but yeah, he says at some point, like, "I don't believe in lifetime subscriptions or whatever." But um, so this, this, you know, the plot here is basically he's an independent thief, but he joins up with the wrong guy for like one last big job. Um, the the story is that he has a like a vision of his life where he's happy and kind of retired, uh, and you know will not be denied this vision as we see throughout the film. Uh, you know he, he wants he wants the wife and the kid and and you know the nice house, and 
I think it's it's like an interesting thing I caught watching it the second time is it's really about like this mindset that he has about how like he doesn't give a fuck and because he doesn't give a fuck he he is going to get what he wants. Um, and there's there's a couple scenes that um, I think go into that, but uh, it does make him come off as an asshole, which he is. Like, uh, yeah, he is a complete dick. <laughs> yeah, like, and you know that's something I I think I mentioned when I picked these movies out is that it's it's funny because both of like the main characters in each of these movies are just total fucking dickheads, and I think entertainingly so. Like it. it, it James Kahn entertains me in this, and um, Gerard Butler really makes me laugh in, in Den of Thieves. Um, but yeah, uh, this. So, how to explain? How, I'm not going to go you know into every detail of this movie, but you, you know, it starts off with him doing a job. You, you know, you see, you see what he does. Um, he's trying to collect money though for this job he did, and that's how he ends up meeting this mob boss and uh who's played by robert prosky his name is leo yeah I, like, a, like the, and it, this he's been in a lot of shit but yeah he always looks like the most slimy motherfucker like like the slimy old guy yeah he looks like i think he was really well cast as like a chicago mobster type um and interestingly i think this is his first film role and he is terrifying in this like he's really good um like he's he's a guy that like can seem gentle and nice and gentlemanly until like you piss him off and it's like that's when you start to see his uh his his, you know real colors um it it takes a while to get going they kind of like show you you know James kind of has this bar that's a front. They show you his friend in prison. There is a fun bit with him trying to get his friend out of prison because he's sick. <laughs> They're like paying off a judge. <laughs> but they're doing it openly in the courtroom by just touching the, the number of fingers to their face that the judge will agree to. Like they're negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Um but then there's also the, there's like the romance aspect of this, which is I, I think the weakest part, but also yeah. kind of hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I like guess this is where I kind of turned on Frank. Like, I, you know, whatever criminal, you know, doing bad things. I don't give a shit. But like the way he approaches his relationship with this, and uh, I'm forgetting her name, Jesse. Is that, that, uh... I think. I think. Um... Yeah. So she's like a she's a waitress, right? Like at a at a bar or somewhere. And he's supposed to pick her up, and like he stands her up because he's dealing with something else. And then he goes and like takes her physically out of this bar. Like, yeah. you, you want to hang out with me? He basically kidnaps her, and yeah. the whole time she's like, "Oh no, I don't. Leave me the fuck alone." She's, she's mad because she's been waiting two hours, and and she's giving him shit, but he just. He just like you said, he just grabs her by the arm yeah. and drags her and throws her into his car. And you know, he's just like, "When are we getting on with this big romance?" You're just like, "Dude, You're this a is a first lunatic. Yeah, this is a first date, uh, you know, that you fucked up, and now you're like, like you said, you basically kidnapped her, like forcibly took her out on this date." Um. But it goes to show kind of what I was saying, which is like this guy. 
he's so focused on his end goal that he just doesn't even care that like that's just not how a romance works. No, <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like no, but, but that's what I want, and he, and he like lays that out to her, and you get to kind of like there's parts of the car scene that are fun where he's like, who do you think I am? I wear you know. I wear silk shirts. I wear a gold watch. I change cars like people change shoes. Like it's just funny, full asshole mode. mode. Uh, but then you get this like famous diner scene where they're sitting there talking to each other. And it's like these two strong-willed people talking to each other, but the, it's really weird. It's like he's negotiating for what he wants. Um, but within the scene is, I think, an, an important story that he tells where he says. Did a stretch in prison. It was only supposed to be for like a little bit, like you know, a couple months or something, right? Um, but someone fucked with him, and he got a, a mad slaughter charge slapped on. And he's like, "Now, meanwhile, I'm thinking everyone's gonna be coming at me, but you know what? No one fucked with me after that because they know I don't give a fuck about myself, and I will do anything, you know." Yeah. And. I, I I didn't catch that the first time I watched this movie because uh, it gets referenced later. There's a part where it falls apart, and we'll get to it. It falls apart though between him and the mob boss guy, and the mob boss guy is like, "You need, you know, you think you're hot shit, or whatever, with your like prison mentality." And that's kind of what I think he's referencing is like the attitude he went to prison with. But he's like, "Out here in the streets, I will fucking kill you." I mean, he says some really nasty shit to him. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of like the, the the key to the movie a little bit here, and I somehow missed it the, the first time. Um, but yeah, anyways, he somehow gets her to like commit to. It's to very quick, like children. all of a sudden, like they're married. He's like, I guess they're trying to get into like trying to adopt the kid or something, but that's not working. So. And how about that scene at the adoption agency? <laughs> Talk yeah. about asshole! It's just like. <laughs> They're like, you know, saying like, you guys are not fit, you know. And he's like, what about, you got a black kid? Give me a black one? Like, give me a black, Asian, you know, older kid that nobody wants. <laughs> Just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I will take any, I want a kid. I don't care what it is. That Just give me a kid. <laughs> like, and it's just, it's just, you know, so asshole and racist the way he, he goes about it. Um... He's got cops trying to shake him down. He tells them to fuck off. That leads to some fun stuff. Like there's a part where they like beat him up. Um, but yeah, eventually, you know, he agrees to do this big heist for um, for the mobster for Leo, and for a big payout. But meanwhile, Leo's trying to sell him on, you know, investing money into like shopping centers or some shit. Well, yeah, I mean, he wants to launder his money, um, and he wants to tie him up, right? Yeah, like he, he wants, he wants, yeah, Leo wants Frank as an employee, and Frank wants to make enough money so he could quit and go live this dream dream life that he, he imagines. Yeah. We finally get to the heist, and it's like, you know, hour, 20 minutes into the movie, they spend like a good 10 minutes showing you the whole heist go down, um... And then it's over, and you're like, all right. And it's, like, all happy. Like, we go to a beach, and there's, like, this happy music playing. He's, like, and, playing, playing with his kid. He's walking with his wife. It's, like, you know, the heist went well. They pulled it off. And I'm just, like, 
okay, I mean, I guess that's one way to do a heist movie. I prefer the way where everything falls apart. Right. But I'm like, uh, how's there half hour left? What's, you know, what's going on here? And, uh, well, the half hour left is he don't get paid. He gets paid like 10% of, of what he was supposed to. Um, and, and, you know, says so he's invested the rest and, you know, Hey, we're going to make great money together. And, we do, 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 do. and uh, he's like, I have another job for you in Florida in like a month. Like, he's yeah. like I don't want to do any more work with you, dude. Yeah, you know, he wants out. He wants to make his big payday and be gone. And this kind of sets up the end of the film here. Uh, we get some really cool shit. Like, Frank just goes full fucking crazy now. Like, well, I guess I should set up that um, Leo, you know, Frank is like, fuck you, pay me. And Leo does not take nicely to this. Uh he comes after his buddy Jim Belushi. He kills him. A really cool scene in the the uh, car dealership that Frank owns. And then you know, fucking Frank gets knocked out. And he's woke up in some fucking factory or something, and they're dumping James Belushi's body into acid or something. And you have Leo just like hovering over Frank. It's like really cool, like upside down shot of him. And man, do you remember some of the shit he says? Because I, I, there's some of the shit he says I cannot repeat on this show. Well, off the um, top of my head, no, but yeah, it was pretty vile shit. Like, threatening his wife and his his kid. And, I will have her fucked on the street and fucked in the ass by you know you could figure it out. Uh, so it's a derogatory terms. I mean, one thing I can say, and it's just absolutely vile though, is like I'll whack out your whole family and feed them the people as burgers. I'm just like, dude, holy shit, this dude is terrifying. So he thinks he's got, and this is the scene where he tells him, fuck your prison mentality, uh, you know, you ain't gonna mean shit on the streets, I'll fucking kill you. Um, I, you know, he's like, I own the paper on your whole fucking life. And he did help him get his baby adopted. He bought the kid, basically. Yeah, he, and I did wonder, where did that kid come from? Did he fucking like just steal it from somebody or I don't know? I wouldn't put it past him. This guy is fucking insane. Um, but yeah, then it's just Frank is like fuck that, and he's still gonna keep his Frank mindset. And he tells his wife to get the fuck out. He blows up everything he owns, and then he goes and kills everybody. A pretty fun ending. <laughs> I thought big showdown, and uh, he like shows up at Leo's house and. You know, Leo's kind of like hiding around a corner behind like a fucking thing in the living room, and uh, Frank just basically shoots everybody there and kills them. I think he gets shot too out on the front lawn. Yeah. And um, but he lives. He he like kills the guy that sh- shot him. He gets up. He starts walking away, and the credits start rolling as he's walking away. It's just like the end, you know. Um. So that's pretty much that's it. That's thief. It's it's all that you know. I think cool uh, gangster slash crime shit, but just wrapped in this really you know. And I can't express it really on the show, but like how cool some of the shit looks in this. And I, really great. Michael, score. Michael Mann has like a a very distinct sense of style, and like his stuff always looks great. Neon wet streets at night. You know, yeah. Like and he knows what to focus on too, right? Yeah. Like, like we're gonna focus on like the drill bit, like hitting the safe a certain way, and yeah, like, 
it just looks really cool. Yeah, and and again, this really awesome synth score by Tangerine Dream. I always like when I see that they did a score for a movie, I get excited. But this is probably my favorite of theirs. Um, and yeah, that's it. So I, I guess give me some of your thoughts on Thief. Yeah, I mean, I I I like the film overall, but like I said, I didn't really like Frank. Um, actually, I think all like actually all the characters are pretty like despicable people in this. Kind of. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like I just I just basically don't like anybody in the film. Like they're they're all assholes to themselves, to each other, to everyone around them. And I, that's their character. Like they're they're playing it right. Like that's how they're written. They're just dickheads. But I like couldn't latch on to anybody throughout the whole thing. Like I just didn't. Like they're all bad people. Like I don't care about Frank at all. Jesse isn't really a character. She's just like an abused woman that is latched on to Frank at some point. Um, I mean Barry seems fine. Like he's just a goofball. Like that that hangs out with Frank and does shit. And then yeah, like Leo, the the crime boss is fucking terrifying. Uh, so I kind of hated everybody in the film, but it's like it's all centered around this like cool soundtrack and awesome looking film, and it does tell a neat story. It's just like I, I was like not emotionally invested in anybody here, um, but like with all Michael Mann films that I've seen, like just watching it is kind of a treat. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's like an artistic thing that just like he has a way with film like even if you don't like what's happening like this will this will keep your attention because you want to see what i'm going how i'm going to film it next and you know what is going to be neat about it um ultimately i liked it i did not love it but uh, uh yeah i think if you are a fan of crime films like it is it is certainly a must watch yeah, I think you know. I think Michael Mann would go on to hone his craft even better with like Heat and uh, Heat. I did care about the characters, and Heat does a really good thing of making, at least for me, it made me care about the bank robber and the cop trying to catch them. And you're just kind of like, man, no matter any way this plays out, it's like it's yes. both going to be and, happy and, and sad, you know. And this does not quite. Um, and we're we're gonna we're going to talk about the the next film, I think does that as well in a different way. Like you yeah. mentioned, like draw, draw Butler's character is an asshole in that, but like you want to catch the bad guys, but yeah. then you, you kind of like the bad you guys. You also want the bad guys yeah. to get away. Like yeah. there's a charm to them. I don't think anybody in this film has a charm. James Conn is phenomenal doing yeah. what he does, but there is no charm to him. Like I don't like him as a character. He is just interesting to watch. Yeah, see, I, I just kind of, I just dig his his performance so much that I enjoy watching this asshole. And you know, when it comes to this kind of underworld, you're going to be dealing with pretty much all bad people, and then you oh, have yeah, to say, sure. you know, as as much of an asshole as James Khan is in this, like as Frank is, he is a guy who does his job and kind of no bullshit about it. And I do want to see him defeat Leo because Leo is just Leo's worse. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that's why it works for me. Uh, I do think that the film does have some pacing issues, like where it's just kind of, you know, like you'll have all like the big things happen in 10 minutes. And then a lot of just like 
hanging out and so yeah there's a lot of dragging and it's like i don't that's like i think that pulls me back to the character piece like i don't like being with these characters i I like seeing what they're doing i really like that but like your action stuff your your plot you know as you know your your way of moving the plot along is is all these these heists and the these these scenes between the, the criminals but then you spend a lot of this time between frank and jesse or frank and uh um you know his mentor willie nelson like it's like okay can we move on like wh- when are we going to set up the next heist like <laughs> yeah and it's like so little of the film is actually about the heist um but uh i don't i guess uh I guess score for you. Or, like, uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it a six. I I liked it. Like it, it yeah. is. It is a a good movie. Um, yeah. So it's a six for me. I think you know. Again, I said it. I think it does have some pacing issues. I think that the romance is not exactly great in it, and I don't. I doubt it even looked good at the time. Um, so okay. I think it has its issues, but man, it's it's pretty much a masterpiece in my opinion it's just like i think really fun to watch like uh, you know just just like again the direct music the way it plays out the the really terrifying villain it's a 9.5 for me i yeah, really like it all right <laughs> and up next we have <laughs> uh Den of Thieves, which I don't, I also don't have pulled up on time, but I believe it's a 2018 film. Hey, pay attention. This is yours. Most important thing, keep your finger off the trigger at all times, unless you need to shoot somebody. When that happens. 3170, we're being held up. Hold it until you run dry. Dispatch, we are under heavy fire! Keep your eyes open. Every cop in the country is going to be looking for us. Big Nick, original gangster cop in the flesh. What's your tally? Four dead, six on the way to the hospital. I tell you, he's a bad guy. I'm going to make you a deal. Give me the names of all the guys who got away. I'll get your medic. Ain't no snitch. Yo. He's done, son. We got a problem. It's major crime. Get to know your enemy, boys. Every big time crew has been busted. These are the guys who took them down. Gangbangers, these are not. Whoever it is, they're addicted to heists. Anybody moves, you shoot them. You understand? Sooner or later, they'll need their fix. You could? Yeah, man. We're good. Change the plans. We're trading up. The Federal Reserve. It's like Fort Knox. At any one time, there's anywhere between 500 and 800 billion dollars in there. Every millimeter of it covered by cameras, sensors, and motion detectors. Stand across the street and stare at the building for two minutes. You have security on your ass. Only bank that's never been robbed. That's why we're gonna rob it. Every time I'm in the street, I hear ya, 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 ya. Where you from? We gotta move. Where you from? Where you from? know what this means? It means I am a member of a gang. Only we have badges. Which means you are done. Do you look like the types who arrest you? No one could that see Donald. Put you in handcuffs, drag you down to the station. 
not the bad guys. We are. Seems like the whole city go against me. Uh which was written and directed by a guy named Christian Gudegast. Gudegast? I don't know. No idea. I think this is the only thing he's done. Uh, um, he just came, came so out I'm of nowhere. Look, I'm looking at his, his wiki. He wrote One Then Has Fallen, which was a... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Gerard Butler. And he also, like, 13 years before that, he wrote A Man Apart, which is a, a Vin Diesel movie. Okay. Um, that's it. Those are the three movies. He's that's kind of, so this is kind of like his big, you know, uh, you know, directing debut and writing debut. Well, not writing debut, but, and it looks like he got his buddy Gerard Butler on board and a whole bunch of other, I think, cool, uh, actors in this. You have O'Shea Jackson, you have Pablo Schreiber, which he plays like the main bad guy, like bank robber type. And uh, people will know him as Porn Stash in um, Orange is the New Black. But uh, he plays a much more like this guy could do different roles because he's kind of terrifying in this. Um, he's like ex military guy, yeah, very serious. Um, but yeah, Christian Gudicast, you know, he wrote and directed this, and this is him basically ripping off Heat. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Like, yeah. Uh, again, like you said, it kind of does the thing that Heat does, where it's like you're you're following these criminals, and you're following this cop, and <laughs> even although Gerard Butler, who plays the cop in this, is a total fucking dickhead, like complete dickhead, he is so entertainingly so that it's like comical. Like yeah, he's over the top, like to the point where like there's like an FBI agent that will occasionally show up on these scenes that that he's investigating, and like he calls him out on his bullshit. <laughs> like he's just yeah. like whatever, I don't give a shit. I mean, the way we're like introduced to um to Gerard Butler's Big Nick, he's called him this. Yes, the way we're introduced to this cop, Big Nick, is he's like sneaking into his house after a night of debauchery, trying, hoping not to wake up his wife. His wife is there waiting for him because she received a drunk text from him in the middle of the night saying like, oh, you, that was so hot, you're a bad bitch. <laughs> Clearly not meant to be sent to her. And again, it's like, you're like, alright, this guy is clearly a total fucking asshole. He's out all night cheating on his wife, doing, you know, probably hang out in strip clubs and who knows what. But it's just so funny the way that that's, like, how you're introduced to him that it's, it's like, I don't know, I just can't help but laugh. <clears throat> he goes to, like, this crime scene and he's, like, picks up a box of donuts off the ground that have like blood, blood on, on the box. Yeah. He's like eating a donut and smoking a cigarette. He's just like absolutely disgusting, dude. Um, this guy clearly like has bad habits or whatever, but uh, I guess I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, I should kind of say a little bit about this movie. It, it, it came out in January of 2018. It's a long movie. It's... um. Depending on which version you watch, it's at least two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, I think that was the one I I watched. Okay, so if I mention something that you don't remember, 
Let like, me know from the extended version. Yeah, I watched the unrated version, which is actually eight minutes longer. So, okay. and I don't know, you know, I don't think there's anything in it that felt unrated. It's just, it's just the shit they cut, probably. Um, it had a budget of thirty million. Did eighty? I think that might be worldwide, but you know, it did okay. It's a good-looking film for like. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, like it, it's it's impressive and not really impressive. Like it just shows what somebody that knows what they're doing with filming and a crew can accomplish with what is considerably like that's a low budget movie nowadays, right? Like 30 well, million it, is not, uh, is not a lot of money for what, what ostensibly is a, a big time action movie. Yeah. And it, you know, for being his first movie, it feels pretty well made, and it feels like a pretty solid heat ripoff, you know. Yeah. But strangely, upon its release, even though it like was semi-successful, and it is getting a sequel, did you see yeah. that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's filmed or it was filming, but it, sometime next year we should see it. Den of Thieves to Pantera, and it's it's Big Nick chasing the guy from the end of this movie, uh, which we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get to that. Like, this movie has a fun ending. Yeah. But uh, but when it came out, it was kind of panned by critics. And, like, it's still, it sits at uh, a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 42%. But very quickly, like, audiences liked it. Uh, and very quickly got reassessed by a lot of critics who were like, no, this is actually like, yeah, it's a ripoff, but it's like really fun. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a it's a ripoff with a lot of character to it. Like, there's yeah. a lot of personality in each of the characters. They're all of them are different personalities. Like, uh, you know, between Pablo Schreiber, O'Shea Jackson, Fifty Cent, like everybody gives a good performance in it. They all feel different. Yeah, and the heist is neat. <laughs> yes, the heist is really neat, and we're gonna get to it. But uh, yeah, like I just. You know, I remember David Chen, who does the film cast. Like, he was one of the early people that was like, "No, Den of Thieves is actually good." And then, like, he kind of built up this like cult audience. Like, if people were like, "No, this was good. What the fuck?" And me among them. I'm trying to get everyone. You know, been trying to get Chris to watch it for since then. So, um, but yeah, it starts off with uh, a job going bad, essentially, where they're stealing this armored car truck or whatever and they end up killing uh the you know everybody there including like some cops that should show up i think they kill them these guys are clearly professionals they're efficient they know what they're doing again very much like heat they Uh, they didn't kill everybody though that 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 i think does lend itself to like one of the reasons maybe why you do end up wanting these guys to kind of succeed is that and I think Nick says it at one point, like they only kill uniforms. Like they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're ex military. They're ex military. If you have a gun and you're pointing it at yeah. them, they will kill you, but they don't just kill randoms. Like they, yeah. they didn't kill the donut shop guy. They actually didn't kill one of the, uh, one of the guys from the, right. the armored truck. Like they didn't want to kill him. Like they just yeah. wanted the truck. There's one guy in the crew though that got you know little trigger happy because um, he like, he thought dude was reaching for his gun, but I don't I don't I don't think that he actually was or maybe no maybe he was. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it looks like he drops it, and like then he, he moves his hand towards the gun. He never actually gets on it, but it's like you, I could see where somebody would take that as like you're making a move, and I'm yeah, I have and to it, do I, this. I, I have to do this, and it's with zero hesitation, and just like again, total efficiency. They know what they're doing. They're like harpoon the window on the truck, pull it out. Like you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, we got thirty seconds until police arrive. You know what I mean? Like they, it's just like he. And Super that they know, yeah. yeah, they know these. They're like ultra professional. They know what they're doing. Um, and you find out though that this thing had like no money in it. You're like, why? Why did they steal this truck? <laughs> well, it's for a bigger job that they got planning. And this is what you're referring to a minute ago. This, <laughs> they're gonna like rob a Federal Reserve, like a giant bank where they fucking like. Where they fucking uh, like destroy money that they consider bad and stuff. It's like the ultimate, you know, bank heist. Like it's an yeah. impossible to get into facility. Yeah, like they they like lay, they do a great job of it too, of laying down like, hey, here's what this building is. Here's how, like here's how you get in. We yeah. can't do this. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think makes this really really fun because it's just so. It's just like if you like a bank heist movie, this is like the ultimate, you know, heist. Like it's just like, well, how do you do this? How do you pull it off? And it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how much of this is realistic or whatever, but it feels like it. You know, what I mean, it feels like it knows what it's talking about, and that's what makes it. You know, I, again, maybe if you work in a Federal Reserve, like you're gonna be like, yeah, this is all bullshit. Yeah, like I'm sure there's things about it that, like, yeah, this this wouldn't work. But the way they plot it out, like, it seems logical. It works, and it's entertaining, and it's just it's a really neat idea. And so, what what their idea actually is to steal that day's bad bills, like the bills that the the federal government government is going to destroy, right? They're going to kind of like intercept it, but that somehow infiltrate this place first, and then you know get out with the money. Um. Yeah, and then meanwhile, you're you meet uh, Gerard Butler as Big Nick, and he runs a crew, kind of like the Strike Team or whatever. Yeah, in, I was like, I'm watching shield. this and going, I was like, I could see why Jeff likes this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a straight rip off of that. I, they even have like a name for themselves too. I forgot what it is, but like they they pick up that O'Shea Jackson is in this professional crew. Like they immediately know who the crew is that, that did the armored car thing. Like, they know who it is. They're like, this is too professional. And so they know it's, uh, I forgot Pablo Schreiber's name in this. Merriman. Merriman, yeah. They know it's Merriman. They figure out O'Shea Jackson's part of his crew. They, like, he, like, beats up and kidnaps uh, O'Shea Jackson and you know, and O'Shea Jackson is like, okay, like, he's feeding them some info, but he's like, I don't really know that much, right? But yeah, they like take him to like this hotel room, like I think it's a hotel room where they like hang out and they're like doing drugs and having sex with I'm assuming sex workers or who knows what. Like it's just like it's the strike team crew, like like but almost a million times worse. <laughs> turned turned up to eleven, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't know that they're you know, like the strike team like illegally stealing money off the streets. I don't think they ever no, like they and that, but that's the vibe they give. Like the entire yes, time, like, these guys want in on that heist. Like they, and they don't. Like they, they don't. just want to stop the, the the criminals. But like that's the vibe they give. But it, it's it's 
yeah, they totally give that vibe. But at, at the end of the day, they're trying to stop the bank robbers. You know what I mean? Like it's like they are, they're, they're like legit cops that like push things way too far. Um, like they're willing to bend the rules or whatever and beat the shit out of people to get things done. But they are ultimately on the up and up as far as uh, their police work. I got you know what I mean? Like they're not t- taking money off. They, they do not want in on this heist. Um, but they are like. Yeah, dude, we'll straight murder you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's less it's less paperwork, you know. Um, I don't know what else I really want to touch on. Like, you know, Big Nick, he's a menacing, crazy fucking asshole who's fucked up through the entire thing. There's like you, you kind of like him, like he's likable enough. Yeah, like it's like I feel bad when it's like. Like, yes, he's a dickhead who was out cheating on his wife, but he takes his kid. Like, he clearly loves his kids, and, like, he's he, he doesn't want to, like, do anything wrong, like, but he just can't not do stuff wrong. Yeah, I, I, but then he does do things that are, uh, I think, a little scary. Like, he, he shows up at his... Uh, yeah, but he's just, like, kind of threateningly, like... He's like talking to the guy that she might be dating now, being like, "Just so you know, she's got my name tattooed on her ass or something." It's like, <laughs> dude. Uh, but like, he's menacing. It's it's, it's like funny and he's menacing. Um, you get some random kind of like comedic relief, almost like there's a scene where Fifty Cent threatens his uh, daughter's date. Yes, <laughs> but it's played like funny. Like you know, he like. Brings him into his garage, and he's got all these scary-looking dudes in the garage. But and, but then, like, when the the boyfriend leaves, they all start laughing. Like, ah, I think you got the point, you know. Like, you know, it's 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 kind of done in good fun. Yeah, and like he doesn't like I'm gonna kill you. Like it's more like like look, I always take care of I always take yeah. care of my kids, and like now I have to let you take care of them. You best take care of her, or else. <laughs> like, like there's a threat in there, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's a fun scene. It's one of those yeah. scenes where, like, I honestly thought maybe you'd say that scene wasn't in there because it has nothing. Like, there's nothing. Um, it 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 adds it adds a character to Fifty Cent's his yeah. actual character, um, and that's something I like about it. Like, you get little bits about you see like a little bit about it. like they're actual people. Like, yeah, they're criminals, but like he has a family and and some kids and like. The other Merryman, like he has a girlfriend, and like he's kind of a dickhead, but but like they like each other, they hang out, they go to bars, like they're normal people. They just do bad things on the side. Yeah, yeah. So you get like I don't know if I needed all that flavor, especially with um, like this movie being pretty long, but uh, yeah. it, it is all kind of fun stuff. Uh, but then it, with, with like an hour left. Like an hour and a half in this movie with an hour left, the big heist starts. But it's we, weird. You don't know it starts. Yeah, like they go to like this small little bank, and you're like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Like, like yeah, this is not what they've been planning. This isn't what they were casing. And the movie does not let you in on what are they doing? You're like, you're just no. like you. You are there. You're in kind of big Nick's shoes, being like, "You learn at this? the same time big Nick does." And I think yeah. you, you probably had the same realization I did. Like. When, like, when it happens and Nick starts walking towards the bank, like, without yeah. a care in the world, you're like, oh shit! Like, they figured out a way 
to get out of this. Like this, this is whole, just a diversion. Yeah, this whole thing is like a decoy diversion to get everyone in the city focused on this little bank while they're meanwhile tunneling under the fucking city to the federal like or to somewhere out in the streets to get to the federal reserve. And so, like, while everyone's looking one way, they're off now going to the Federal Reserve and infiltrating that, and that's really fun to see how they do that. They're using the armored car and the uniforms. And what I liked about the way they did it here is, like, in a lot of heist movies, like, they lay out, like, here's the plan, and, like, you kind of go over the plan with the team before they execute it. And this is, like, you go, you get pieces of the plan. Yeah. But yeah. They, don't, they don't fill you in on it all, and so, like, when it happens, it's kind of a surprise, and it's like, holy shit, they're doing guess, this this way. Yeah, like they really thought out like how they're gonna do it. Like, oh, we're gonna sneak him in a cash cage, and he's gonna crawl out. Like, he's gonna crawl around and do the EMP thing, so they could, you know, get past whatever. And then, like, you realize, oh my god, like he's wearing he's wearing the Chinese shirt. Yes, put that and back up. To, I thought that was an EMP that he was putting up. In, it's cold food. Like and it's like yeah, it's like oh my god, this is. So well thought out. Yeah, like so, like earlier in the movie, he starts working as this delivery guy, and he, he keeps going to this bank. You're like, what is he doing? And he, at one point, he puts a like a bag in like a ceiling tile in the bathroom. You're like, what is that? You know, and then you get to see later. No, it's just like he's gonna change into this disguise, deliver a bag of two day old food, and walk out, and you know, kind of play it off like, oh, they're like. You know, they're signing him out. They're like, we don't have you being signed in here. And he's like, right, dude, obviously I'm here, right? Like, how did I get in? <laughs> you know, can I go now? Um, but meanwhile, after like they've like pr- pretty perfectly pulled this awesome heist off, but it all falls apart in the streets where um, O'Shea Jackson gets caught walking down the street, and they 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 get him. Uh, he tells them where their their rally point is going to be. Um, and on the way to the rally point, both the the bank robbers and the cops get like caught in traffic. And then so like Gerard Butler's like thirty cars back from the bank robbers and he spots them and then it turns into the big climax. Like it's just like this this shootout where everything falls apart and our uh, our boy Merriman gets snuffed out, he gets killed, like everybody gets killed. Uh and then you're like, Okay, like, I guess that didn't work out. Movie over, right? And then you get this cool little twist at the end, I think. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a really neat that because it's a heist within a heist, like, mm-hmm. um, and then you just kind of get like, oh shit, like it was a it was a setup, but a double setup, like all of this was yeah. played out because O'Shea Jackson's character knew that Merriman was going to betray him in the end. Yeah, <laughs> he betrayed him. The whole you find out O'Shea Jackson was actually the mastermind behind the whole plan. Like you assume it's Merriman all along, but you get a flashback showing, you know, um, O'Shea Jackson bringing the job to him, and he had kind of collected this information by working at this cop bar and just you know collecting info off of people, uh, and like he was the real mastermind. And and you find out he escaped. He like what picked his way out of the handcuff in the car, and he's off with the money. Like he he disappeared with the money. We get like a final scene of him like in London, I think, right? And he's got a, yeah. a new new look, and uh, he's got an accent, and it's like 
I fully expected on rewatching this to not like that twist as much because one, I, I know what's coming, so it's not as much of a surprise. And it does feel a little goofy compared to the rest of the movie. Like the rest of the movie feels like so serious. Like um, it's a bit, it's a bit the usual suspects, right? Like, like oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do this at the end and give you one just, final twist. It just feels less reality based than the rest of the movie, I guess. But it's such a cool surprise, and you like, you know, yeah, you, you like, like a, his, Don, his Donnie's nice. Like he's, yeah. he seems like a nice guy. Like he's the guy getting picked on the whole movie. Like he's getting yeah, by beat up sides. by the cops. <laughs> yeah, he's getting guns pointed at him by, by you know his crew, and then you find out it was just him tricking them the whole time. It was like really cool, and he he gets away with the money. Um, and it's cool the way like. The way they, you know, like uh, Big Nick goes to the bar where O'Shea Jackson works, and he starts to like piece it together. He remembers O'Shea Jackson saying, "Like I'm, I'm always in charge of my environment, and nobody even notices." Like he remembers him saying that in the movie, like yep. earlier in the movie, and then like all dawns on him. And then uh, you see, like, and there's another line earlier in the film. There's like, there's there's two passports into into crime, and it's it's the military or sports. So like that that's that's who you know. Like you're you're either in the military or you've done something with a sports team. And like O'Shea Jackson is like he was in the Marines, so that's how they tie him in, but he was also evidently like a soccer star for this other team. And that's where some of these other people tie in at the end. Like they were on that team, so it's really neat. <laughs> and then then uh uh Nick steps out of the, the bar and this is something I didn't know because you don't see it. Like Nick's been in this bar where, where Donnie works previously. You don't see until the end that it is literally right across the street from the federal reserve. Yeah. So he, he was getting info from the, those employees as well. Yep. coming in. But like they did, I feel like it should have been like a little more uh, like the clues to Donnie were there a little bit. Cause like early on in the movie, even the first time I saw it, I'm like, why does he work at this bar? There's like a reason he's, you know, like he has an ulterior, <laughs> ulterior motive for wanting to be at this bar, you know? Yeah, because none of these guys are doing anything without it being calculated. Like everybody in this movie is calculated what they do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think of Den of Thieves? I really liked it. I thought it was a, a ton of fun. Um, I, I, re- I like the twist. I mean, granted, first time I saw it, so... But the the way that they actually played out the big heist was what was what really worked for me because it was like like you get oh shit they're doing that and like that's how they're getting in and then you're like all right well what are they doing now is they're like moving the money in and then then you get a scene of like because they they wait they don't reveal it all at first and then you find out that yeah. Donnie is in the money bin <laughs> it's like yeah. oh. Oh neat. Okay. All right, they're doing that. And like how does Donnie get out of this? Like is he going to jump down the the well too with the EMP? Nope, he's climbing through the vents and that's when you're oh shit, like those people called in for the order for Chinese. He's going to use that bag. <laughs> and like you start piecing everything. It's like neat. Oh, that's that's neat too. Yeah. Um I think like the, the for me the only and it's a, it's a cool shootout. Like I think it, it's super violent and but it's like I don't know. Like I that was like that was more like, eh, we're just like ripping on heat. Like we're gonna have the big gun. And it's not. It's period. not as good as as the scene in heat. No, it's like 
it's a neat but idea I, I though, like this traffic jam. Like, yeah, 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 it's a, it's a neat idea. And it's like, all right, like both of these guys know that they're going to come to this standoff here because they can't move. Um, but I, I, yeah, I saw like that was like, and it's still a good scene. It's just I felt that was the weakest part of the whole heist piece. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. Thought it was a ton of fun. Um, I didn't, I don't know what was in that extra eight minutes. I don't know if I needed it either. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I touched on anything that you were not aware of. But hey, next time you watch it, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll watch that uh that version. <laughs> I, I did end up getting it. Like the the rental for it was like sixty cents. So I was like, all right, I'm in. Like, and ended up being good. I think it came off of. It was on something that, that Netflix we were... for years. <laughs> they pulled it off just as I was going. Just as yeah, this is I finally got you to watch it. But, um, but yeah, I I really liked it. Uh, uh, eight out of ten for me. It's an eight point five for me. Uh, it again, I think it's a really fun movie. It, it's I don't like I jokingly call it a modern masterpiece. I don't think it's that. I think it's just a really fun guys yeah. guy movie. You know. Uh, and I think it does stand out from uh, some other heist, you know, films. Like it is a little cut above, even though we're ripping off the best one. We're ripping off Heat. Like that's a pretty good starting place to rip off, you know. Yeah. Um, I when I first saw it, and as I rewatched it, I'm like, man, Chris is really like I knew you were gonna enjoy it uh so i like, happy i i forced you to sit down and watch it uh but yeah i knew i knew and it was based on the things that you said like i'm like man chris is gonna love this heist and i think he's gonna love this twist at the end um and it sounds like you did and we're pretty yeah, much yeah. on the same um page with this one which leads us to thief versus den of thieves yeah we're we're, we're split so it's weird because I think when it comes to like pacing and just like being generally entertaining and the heist itself, I think Den of Thieves wins. Yeah. Um, but like I just be- feel better made film. I, Thief is Thief is clearly the better made film. I agree one hundred percent with that. And that's kind of where I, I like. I'm like, you know, maybe ten years from now we we'll look back on Den of Thieves. Like I think it has staying power. I think it's going to stick around. Maybe like it'll look closer to Thief in terms of that, but like it just feels too new. And again, like <laughs> cinematography, the music, like the, the kind of filmmaking stuff. Mike Michael uh, Mann is a, is a man. Yeah, so Thief wins on that. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I give the, like my tip of the hat to Thief, even though I, I do think like. There is an argument to be made that Den of Thieves is a more entertaining film than Thief, and that is all that should matter. But um, I'm not going to make that argument today. I'm not going to yeah, no, vote against Michael Mann for this new guy. Um, but uh, who's, only, who's only made the one movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's close, man. It's close because, again, like I said, I think it is in some ways more fun. That gives us a split, which makes us have to go to the polls, which, of course, Michael Mann won. Yeah, um, but it was you know it wasn't a complete blowout. It was sixty-seven percent to thirty-three. So there's people out there that will will say, and you're among them, and I might be one day that Dead of Thieves beats Thief. Yeah, I think for me, if I like, you were like, hey, like we have these two movies, which one do you want to watch? I'll be, like, I won't watch Dead of Thieves again. Like, 
See, I um, I wouldn't be against watching Thief if somebody wanted to watch it with me. But like, if you were like left to my own devices, I would watch Den of Thieves again now that I've seen it. I've had fun rewatching these. You know, I've seen these both probably three times now, and I I like them both every time. But uh, Den of Thieves like almost always surprises me with how good it is. I'm just like, man, how did this get shit on upon release? Like, yeah, it's derivative, but dude, like... A really well thought out heist. (laughs) The heist is just so fun. It's such a fun idea. I don't know how you should on this movie, but uh, anyways, I'm glad you enjoyed. What are we watching for our next episode? Uh, I I struggle a little bit finding something here uh but i ultimately circle back uh june is pride month grant this is our june episode (laughs) uh neither of us are gay or or queer in any of that way but uh queer filmmaking especially in horror is a huge thing like yeah there's a huge identity there and i thought what uh, what options are there so i picked a pair that are on both on shutter uh one is the 2020 film called drop Death Drop Gorgeous. Uh, it is about a uh, uh, drag queen uh, trying to like, and a, and a bartender basically trying to survive uh, in, in the city at, at night. Like they're getting getting hunted. I'm not. I don't. I've never seen any, either of these. These just were two that seemed interesting to me. Yeah. And the other one is 2021 film called So Vam. It's a. Uh, it's a, about a group of vampires. <laughs> that uh they kind of form a gang and they start hunting bigots and like abusers <laughs> so like, i thought that was a neat idea uh so yeah death drop gorgeous and so vam uh two queer horror films uh that are both available on shutter um neither has great ratings on imdb but we'll see weird we lost jeff right at the end uh of the episode he's hosting but um yeah death drop gorgeous so vam both available on shutter and uh we'll see you next month